We meet today in the book of Isaiah chapter 13, verse 1 to verse 22. The theme in this chapter is the destruction in the day of the Lord and the immediate future. Chapter 13 brings us to an altogether different section. The tone changes immediately. Chapters 13 to chapter 23 contain burdens imposed on nine surrounding nations. A burden is something that you bear, and these burdens are judgments of God upon these nine nations. You could substitute the word burden for judgment, and it would be just as accurate. This is a remarkable passage of Scripture because most of the prophetic judgments have already been fulfilled. They are now facts of history. Each of these nations mentioned in this section had some contact with Israel, and most of them were adjacent to her borders, or not very far away. Israel suffered at the hands of some of them, and is suffering today, and will suffer again in the future. You will find some names in this chapter that are strangely familiar, Egypt is one of them. While some of these judgments will take place in the future, the chief characteristic of this section is that much has been fulfilled and stands today as an evidence of fulfilled prophecy. All of this adds singular interest and importance to these 11 chapters. In this section, the Assyrian is no longer the oppressor. Another set of nations headed by Babylon, takes his place. It was not pleasant to the prophet to deliver this type of a message. This was not the way to win friends and influence people, but God's prophets were not in a popularity context. They had to do what God told them to do. Babylon is the subject of the first burden. It is suggestive of many things to the reverend student of Scripture. First of all, the literal city of Babylon is the primary consideration. This is indeed remarkable, as Babylon in Isaiah's day was an insignificant place. It was not until a century later that Babylon became a world power. God pronounced judgment upon Babylon before it became a nation. That is scary, my friend. This section also does not end with the burdens on the nine surrounding nations, but the section extends through six woes in chapter 28 to 33 and concludes with the calm and blessing that the storm in chapter 34 and 35. This section does not end with the burdens on nine surrounding nations, but extends through six woes in chapters 28 to 33, and concludes with the calm and blessing after the storm in chapter 34 and 35. These last two chapters again give us a millennial picture. In chapter 13, we will see the punishment of Babylon in the day of the Lord. And I believe this looks forward to the great tribulation period for its final fulfillment. Punishment of Babylon in the day of the Lord. The burden against Babylon which Isaiah the son of Amos saw. Isaiah 13 verse 1. The literal city of Babylon in history 
is in view in this chapter and also in chapter 14. It became one of the great cities of the ancient world. In fact, it became the first great world power and is so recognized in Daniel's prophecy. Nebuchadnezzar was the head of gold of Babylon. He was the king of the first great world power. The city of Babylon will be rebuilt in the future. Babylon here is the symbol of the united rebellion against God, which began at the Tower of Babel and will end in Revelation 17 and 18, where we will see the religious Babylon and the political Babylon ruling the world. During the Great Tribulation period, Babylon will go down by a great judgment from God. This possibly is the first mention of it in Scripture. I have commanded my sanctified ones. I have also called my mighty ones for my anger and those who rejoice in my salvation. Isaiah 13 verse 3 God says, I have sanctified my mighty ones for my anger. God says here, I have sanctified my mighty ones for my anger. You see, God has set apart or he has called, he has raised up Babylon for a specific purpose. He did the same thing with Assyria. In Isaiah 10 verse 5, God said through the prophet Isaiah, Woe to Assyria, the rod of my anger and the staff in whose hand is my indignation. So God used Assyria to punish his people and then judged Assyria. This is what he is going to do with the Babylon. Anything can be sanctified if it is set apart for God. Anything God will use. And Assyria and Babylon were set aside to punish Israel. They were instruments in his hand for a specific purpose. The noise of a multitude in the mountains. Like that of many people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdom of nations gathered together, the Lord of hosts musters the army for battle. Isaiah 13 verse 4. Now this verse explains what we mean by the sanctified ones. Babylon will come against the southern kingdom of Judah as Assyria did against the ten northern tribes of Israel and take it into captivity. They come from a far country, from the end of heaven, the Lord and his weapons of indignation to destroy the whole land. Isaiah 13 verse 5. You see, the Babylonians will be the weapons of his destruction. He will be the weapons of his indignation. Wail, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Isaiah 13 verse 6. The day of the Lord again comes here. It is a phrase often repeated by the prophets, pointing to the judgment of God at the end of the age, followed by a blessing. This prophecy again looks beyond anything that now is in history and projects into the future, into the great tribulation. Here is Isaiah 13 verse 7 to verse 9. Therefore all hands will be limp. Every man's heart will melt, and they will be afraid. Pangs and sorrow will take hold of them. 
They will be in pain as a woman in childbirth. They will be amazed at one another. Their faces will be like flames. Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel with both wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he will destroy its sinners from it. My friend, during the great tribulation, God will again use the power called Babylon here to judge these people, just as he did in the past. The tribulation is spoken of as a time of travail with men in travail. The day of the Lord opens with this time of travailing. Now this identifies it as the great tribulation. For the stars of heaven and their constellations will not give their light. The sun will be darkened in its going forth, and the moon will not cause its light to shine. Isaiah 13 verse 10. This is prophesied again by the Lord Jesus in Matthew 24 verse 29. We read, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Revelation 8 verse 12 tells us, Then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was darkened, a third of the moon and a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened, and a third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. Isaiah predicted that the heavenly bodies would fail to give light when the day of the Lord came against Babylon. This suggested the catastrophic destruction that God would bring on this evil empire. Darkness would descend on a nation that exalted itself above all others. Actually, chapter 14, verse 12 to verse 15 confirms that. Isaiah's prophecy may also have been mocking the Babylonians' reliance on astrology and astronomy to make plans and interpret history. Calendars surviving from the Assyrians and the Babylonians show that they linked important events such as battles, floods, famines, and the death of kings to the movements of the stars and the planets. These artifacts have helped modern-day researchers carefully estimate the dates of these events and construct a fairly accurate timetable of ancient history. Thus, if the stars were to fail, the Babylonian worldview would fail as well, leaving the nation in utter confusion. I will punish the world for its evil, the wicked for their iniquity. I will hold the arrogance of the proud and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. Isaiah 13 verse 11. He says here, yeah, I will punish the world for its evil, my friend. We are living in a world today that is moving toward judgment. And the wicked actually will be dealt with. He will stop the arrogance that we see, especially of people who boast as if they are little gods. I will make a mortal more rare than fine gold, a man more than golden wedge of Ophi. Isaiah 13 verse 12. Now when Christ died for you and me on the cross, that added value to us. Verse 13 to verse 
16 of this chapter go on to tell us that the tribulation will be a time of worldwide destruction when no flesh will survive except for the fact that God will preserve a remnant for himself. He will preserve a remnant for himself. But let's talk about the destruction of Babylon in the day of man. Behold, I will stir up the Medes against them, who will not regard silver. And as for gold, they will not delight in it. Isaiah 13 verse 17. The reference here is to the Medes, who together with the Persians under Cyrus the Great conquered the Babylonian Empire in 539 BC. Cyrus took the title king of the Medes after conquering the Median king Astyages, his mother's father, in uh, BC 549. Who are the Medes now? Media and Persia became a dual nation and a mighty empire that conquered Babylon. Isaiah is speaking of that which was going to take place in the immediate future. He identifies those who will destroy Babylon, the Medes. And Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldeans' pride, will be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. This prophecy has been fulfilled. Babylon was the greatest kingdom that has ever existed upon this earth. The Macedonian Empire was great. The Egyptian Empire was great, as was the Roman Empire. At one time, Great Britain could have been named a great nation, but I don't think anything can compare to the glory of Babylon. God's word calls it the beauty of the Chaldean's pride. And that pride God overthrew as he did Sodom and Gomorrah. All you have to do today is to look at the ruins of ancient Babylon to recognize that this has happened and that God stays to his word. It was a great city that was never rebuilt. Other great cities have been rebuilt. This is especially true of Jerusalem, my friend. Rome was destroyed and rebuilt. Cities in Germany were bombed out, absolutely obliterated, and were rebuilt. Frankfurt, Germany was leveled, and it rose out of the ashes to become a great city. But Babylon did not rise. God said that it would never again be inhabited. It is true that Babylon will be rebuilt in the future, but not on the same ancient Babylonian site. It will be built in a different place. Babylon represents here confusion and the future Babylon will be a great commercial center, a great religious center, a great political center, a power center, and an educational center of the world. Yet there will be confusion. It will never be inhabited, nor will it be settled from generation to generation, nor will the Arabian pitch tents there nor will the shepherds make their sheepfolds there. How can Babylon be destroyed and yet appear in the last days as a literal city again? Well, already the ancient site of the ancient Babylon is seven to nine miles from the Euphrates River. The river ran in a canal right through the ancient city of Babylon. The ancient site will never be rebuilt. 
but Babylon will be rebuilt on another side. The ruins of ancient Babylon stand as a monument to the accuracy of fulfilled prophecy. Several archaeologists of the past who have excavated Babylon say that never able to get the Arabians to stay in the camp besides the ruins. The Arabians would always go outside the area and stay. They were superstitious. And it is interesting that God said that they would not pitch their tents in Babylon. But wild beasts of the desert will lie there, and their houses will be full of owls. Ostriches will dwell there, and wild goats will capper there. The hyenas will howl in their citadels, and jackals in their pleasant places. Her time is near to come, and her days will not be prolonged. Isaiah 13, verse 21 and 22. Now, wild beasts of the desert shall lie there. Actually, lions have been found making their homes amid the ruins. And this may mean that will actually happen in that place of ancient Babylon. Wild goats shall capper there. Wild goats are demons here. Demons shall dance in Babylon. If you want to go to the dance of the demons, Babylon is the place to go. Babylon was the headquarters for idolatry in the ancient world. And apparently, demons have this spot as a rallying place. The future of Babylon will become a great center on the earth. The man of sin, the willful king called the Antichrist, will reign in that place. It will be destroyed just as the ancient Babylon was destroyed. Babylon is a memorial to the fact of the accuracy of fulfilled prophecy and a testimony to the fact that God will also judge the future Babylon. Just as Isaiah predicted, Babylon became a heap of ruins and was never inhabited again. God is not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you should repent. Whatever he has said, it will come to pass. And if he says, if you believe on my son, you will be saved, you will be saved. When he says, if you believe on my son, I will have your, you will secure your place in heaven. I will have it secured. He will make it pass. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.